Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for hitting the download button on another episode of the radio show, The Aftermath. Drop in another long-form interview with an interesting guest. You got M16 and EZ with you. EZ, what's up, man? How's it going? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Man, so we um, we got another great interview, another great guest. Um, you know, we always talk to interesting people, and... I mean, how can you get more interesting than somebody who, you know, they got an award-winning documentary under their belt, all right? And on top of all that, they are a reporter for the ABC affiliate in Acadiana, KATC. We're going to be talking to Iman Boyd tonight. And before, you know what, let's just get right into it, Easy. Let's just give her what I like to call, what do I call it, our high-budget applause. The high-budget no applause. High-budget applause. There it is. Right there. You bring on Iman. Iman, what's up? How's it going? Thanks for coming on. What's up? What's up, big bro? Ah, yes. So how you feeling? I'm good. I mean, it's always a good day when I'm off. So Mondays are bliss. <laughs> All right. So we hope that we can add to some of that by, uh, you know, having some fun, letting the people who uh, listen in to the show get to know you because, you have a, a interesting story, and we just, you know, we just gonna jump right into it. So, I, I wanted to start off um, asking you, um, when did you know that journalism was something that you found interesting? Was it something you saw, or someone you saw on TV, or something like that that interests you? Tell us about that. Well, for me, I didn't realize I wanted to go into journalism until I was a senior in high school. But I always had an interest in being, I guess, like in front of a crowd because I did theater whenever I was in middle school all the way up until high school. But I was kind of shy, and I'm sure you all both know that. But um, I was really shy growing up, and theater was my outlet to kind of show people my personality because it's, if I didn't know you, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> if you didn't come up to yeah. me, I'm not saying anything to you. That's just how it was, just always really introverted. But I feel like the spark really lit up uh, whenever I saw Robin Roberts. She is still one of my biggest idols to this very day. I used to watch her do sideline reports when she was on ESPN, whenever she was anchoring at the desk, and then seeing her on GMA now. Uh, just seeing her whole journey is just something that anybody who wants to be in this industry envies who wants to be like. And then on top of that, she also has her own production company, uh, Rock and Robert TV, and she does independent films and things like that. So she kind of merges both of those worlds of journalism and film. So that's why she's a really big inspiration for me personally. Nice, and it doesn't hurt that she's a Louisiana girl too, just like you are. So that also yeah, yeah. fits in went, as well. Went to Southeastern, yeah, went to Southeastern, and then uh, Ooh, shout out to the all over the place after that. Right. Well, not, not no. We 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 support UL around here, but I mean, I guess we yeah, we give do. Them a shout do, out. But you know, <laughs> you know they they in the same university system, so you know they're our little yeah, brother, whatever you want to call it. We'll give them their props. Nice. So, 
Um, and jumping into you, I guess, breaking out of your shell, because you're definitely, um, you know, as far as being on the camera, not shy anymore, but you gained a lot of recognition for your documentary, Sickle Cell Warrior. And that was about someone that was close to you that was dealing with, you know, that terrible disease. So can you let the listeners know about how you decided that this was a story that needed to be told? And then also, what were some of the things which you dealt with in producing this piece? See, the craziest thing about that, there was no, like, distinct moment of, oh, I have to tell the story. I feel like the way that I got called to do it, it was really just God's will because I had never, ever produced anything outside of news stories, which is typically 90 seconds to a minute. That was my, my niche. That's what I knew how to do. And then documentaries, more long form. You could do 10-minute documentaries, 20, even hour-long specials. But with this one in particular, um, Don at the time, he was having different um, benefits throughout the city to get to raise money for his kidney transplant that he was trying to get money for. And uh, Sarah, you know, you know how mom is. So she was like, well, you could go and do like a short story on him and just about how he's trying to raise all these funds and everything. I said, no, I think this needs to be on a bigger scale. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I was like, this has to be something bigger than just a 90-second type of piece. So I guess the idea kind of dawned on me um, like around May 2018 because I remember calling him uh, like my last day of finals. So I got in my car. I had just finished shooting like a promo or something for uh, our class. So we finished with that. We wrapped up for the day got back in the car and I just got on the phone with him and I just basically pitched him the idea, what I was thinking about doing. And he was, he was all for it. It's like, all right, cool. You want to, you want to put me on, <laughs> on TV? Cool. And he was like all for it. And that's just the kind of charismatic person that he was. So like that following week we started shooting everything and I didn't know much about sickle cell. It's something that impacts the African-American community at very high levels, about 90% of the uh, people who have this disease are African-American. So I learned a lot through him. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest challenge for me was trying to make sure that I incorporated everything that needed to be told about this particular story. So I shot everything myself, produced the whole thing, did the storyline, the full script, edit everything, numerous hours, uh, cutting video, figuring out what needed to be where, traveling to New Orleans multiple times during his transplant, all, all my own gas, own money, own camera, everything. So this was all strictly independent. I didn't have like any uh, outside help with it at all. And I'm just so glad that he was able to see what that work has done. Because so many people, even now, now that I'm out in the community and I'm reporting, some people, especially in Opelousas, they, they remember that. They're like, you know, I was there when you had your, your uh, screening here in Opelousas, and, you know, I learned so much through seeing his story. And then other sickle cell warriors have uh, come out and showed their support. And actually, I've gotten quite a few messages through Instagram and, like, Facebook People just saying, you know, thank you for telling our story. Even though it was Don's personal perspective, all sickle cell warriors can relate to what he went through. So I'm just so glad that God just kind of used me as like the uh, the messenger to translate his story. And now that, you know, it's upsetting that he's not here to see the recognition that we're getting, but I know he definitely has a hand in that. So uh, we've gotten a couple more film festivals that we've gotten into, but not so sure if we'll be able to physically go to any of them because of COVID-19, but it's still just yeah. an honor just to see the work that we were able to do in just a short amount of time. No, it's, you know, I just learned even more about it, um, you know, and watching the documentary, but just listening to you talk and hearing you say how this is your first time doing that, but if you see the documentary – if you didn't say, hey, this was the first go-round and I had to do all these things, you can't tell because it was so well done. It was like something that you've seen that was produced on TV before. So you did a really good job with that. So 
Uh, again, we're talking to Iman Boyd. She is a reporter for KTC, the ABC affiliate in Lafayette, Louisiana, Acadiana, as we know it, back home. Um, she also did the documentary Sickle Cell Warrior, and you can check her out at Iman. Iman listen to me, I can't talk. Check her out at imanboyd.com. Easy. So, E, we talked about the documentary. Um, for somebody that, that doesn't know us, that doesn't know our family, who doesn't know Don, what do you want those people that watch the documentary, what do you want them to gain after they watch the documentary? I want them to be an advocate, to want to know more about it, because it's something that we don't talk about as a community. And if we're not spreading the or sparking the conversation, we can't gain resources for those people. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned, even though I'll never know what he has gone through, what even Laish has gone through, just with his whole process and then other warriors who have gone through the same thing. I can at least do my part in showing what what it looks like for somebody who has what he has and hopefully that they would want to learn more, not just, you know, look at it and like, oh, you know, that was a really good piece. That's nice. And not do anything or not want to look deeper into what this is all about because there's so many different avenues um, that are being discovered in terms of research and resources for people with sickle cell. And sometimes they're not comfortable with um, saying, oh, well, I have this disease or I know someone who has it. So I think by us being open and sharing these stories, sharing Don's story, hopefully opens more doors for people and want to create more advocacy, whether it's in the medical profession or if it's just, you know, supporting those that you know who have it, letting them know that, okay, I'll never understand what you will physically go through, but I am your ally. If you ever need me, just let me know, you know. And that, and that's what people need. That's what they need. Definitely somebody that, that they feel like they can depend on because I only had a small experience um, with him, like, in the hospital, seeing him go through uh, what they would call a sickle cell crisis. And from what he said after he had saw it, he said that was a mild one. So I can't even imagine how much more happens when it's very severe. So just being an advocate, really, just if you watch the story, you look at it, you feel something, but you want to do more. That's what I hope people take away. And I think that's the the best way to put it, you know, because had we not known Don and him being a part of our family, I don't know how much we would have really known about sickle cell. Um, it's so prevalent in our community, but there's not a lot of awareness around it. So I think you made a great point about that, just having people educate themselves about it and then figure out ways to help. So switch gears a little bit. You talked about earlier, and I was going to mention it, but you, you talked about it. You were really shy growing up. Like, if Iman did not know you, she was not talking oh, yeah. to you. So oh, yeah. when you came to me and was like, hey, this is what I want to do, of course I was a little shocked by it at first, but I was like, was you know, you could pushback. do it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't pushback. You know, I knew you could do it. Um, but with that being said, what was the moment for you, uh, whether it was in college or whether you started with your job at KTC, that you realized you can do this? I'm in the. I picked the right thing to do. Ooh, there. I feel like there's so many because whenever I started having that conversation with you and mom. You guys didn't give me any pushback. So I, I don't mean, like, the pushback coming from y'all. Definitely not. But whenever I told, uh, like, mentors or friends, it was kind of that side look, like, you sure you want to do that? Um, you know, you're kind of shy. You're this, you're that. You know, you've broken out of your shell. But, you know, it's kind of on the spot. You really have to be on your toes when you're doing this type of thing. And even then, that still didn't stop me. It just gave me more motivation, like, okay, 
I have a point to prove, not just to like people who are saying, oh, this might not be the right field, but just to myself that, you know, if this is something that I want, it's attainable because I want it to happen. So I think for me, it was, um, I want to say it was my junior year in college and I was doing an investigative story um, in Baton Rouge, actually, about the litigation for medicinal marijuana in Louisiana. And that's still kind of up in the air right now. Uh, it's still kind of going through legis- legislation to get it legalized for people who have um, debilitating diseases who rely on THC or CBD for um, alternatives to pharmaceutical. So I was just doing that whole investigative story. Um, we did that. I, I shot it with one of my friends who was in the class with me. And it actually got nominated for an AP award. And for people who are not familiar with AP, it's the Associated Press. It's like basically uh, the Grammys for reporters. So when you get recognized by the AP, especially on the college level, that's a big thing. And I got recognized by them twice, uh, not only for that investigative piece on my on medicinal marijuana in Louisiana, but also for something that I'm not really for, like, it's not my strongest suit. Even though I enjoy sports, I don't necessarily cover sports a lot. So I got recognized for best feature college story um, by the AP that was this past year. I got nominated for my feature on a power lifter at my old high school uh, for very high. And it was just a little sports feature. I didn't think anything of it. It's just like, oh, this will be a cool story. And it got nominated and I placed third for uh, the Associated Press for the college division. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I am on the right track, you know? <laughs> that, the Associated Press, yeah, that's pretty big. So I think uh, even though, you know, the accolades aren't everything, as I've watched, as as I've gone back and watched, like, some of my demo reels, demo reels basically what reporters have to uh, make um, to basically, like, as an audition for job opportunities or even as college assignments. So going back to my first demo reel and my most recent one, I just feel like I see the growth. At first it was like, uh, not really sure what I want to do with my hair, um, you know, the outfit, kind of look like I'm trying to go to church. I don't know what was going on. But now it's like, okay, you you have the look now. You, you're developing your voice and you're getting more involved with the story. So I can definitely see the growth from then to now. All right. So we're talking to the no longer shy, Iman Boyd. No longer shy. <laughs> She's a reporter for KTC, the ABC affiliate in Lafayette, Louisiana. You can check her out at imamboyd.com. So, Iman, let me ask you. So, you were kind of alluding to it. So, eventually, you know, while you're still in college, you started out being a started out being a, a intern for KTC where you are now, which led to you becoming a full time reporter. What's some of the things that changed about you transitioning from being just an intern to then now you're a full-time, you're a full-time employee. Yeah. So the funny thing about that, I interned at KTC my last semester of undergrad. So that was um, actually last year, which is really crazy to say, but uh, I interned there and the job became available in December. So the boss like called me in because she knew, well, she, you know, not to like put myself up there, but I did, have other opportunities in other states, and she was just saying, you know, we really want to get you here. Uh, just give it some time. She laid out everything that was on the contract and just gave me time to think about it. But before we get to that, I'll go back a little bit. So the biggest thing for me was just showing that I wanted to be there. So even before I started interning, the news director knew who I was, and that was because I kept emailing her every time. I did a story, I would send it to her. Every time there was an event going on, I made sure that I was there. And I think just showing the dedication before you even get the internship or the job, it, it speaks volume to the hiring manager or the news director. 
that you're trying to get their attention. And another big thing was um, our evening anchor, Marcel Fontenot. She's also from Opelousas. And I connected with her my sophomore year of college. And I started sending her my material. Every time I would do a story or every time I would have a new demo reel, I would send it to her just to get her critiques on it and everything. And we never had a conversation about it, but I guess she just saw the potential that I had. And she just started campaigning for me to the news director saying, you know, hey, you should look out for her. Because every time I would run into Marcel or somebody from KETC, I was always out in the community at some kind of event, and they were covering it too. So you, you basically have to do the groundwork. So from the outside, it looks like, oh, wow, that happened pretty quickly. That was a smooth transition. No, like I had to put in the work to show them that, you know, I was the next hire. And you have to show them that before the job is even offered to you. So anytime that I was out of school, I was finding an, an event to go cover or I was trying to develop, you know, my own story and call some sources and get a story together. So that's what I was doing behind the scenes. That's, that's the stuff that people don't see. That's what I was doing to get that, that job offer and that internship. So that was an advantage for me because they saw what I was doing before I even got in the building. So when I got there, they knew what I was all about from day one. So that's the hard work that people have to put in behind the scenes if they eventually, you know, either want to work at KETC or any other news station. You have to put in the work. Like I said, interesting story because um, there are a lot of people who look at broadcast journalism as something they want to get into, and the people who are going to listen to this, it may be somebody out there who's want to know the steps and things that they need to do. So it's very you know, informative, and it's a lot of information that someone could take and try to, you know, have their own path. Now, I do want to ask you this. So now you're on live TV, you know, it's in the moment. So have you ever had a moment, you know, because anything can happen on live TV. Have you ever had a moment on live TV where you were talking and you just kind of like forgot what you were saying or supposed to be talking about where you just like drew a blank, like, you know, the camera's on this, like, oh, no, what do I, where was I? Listen, everybody has that. And if they, if somebody <laughs> says they have it, they're lying. They're lying, okay? That has happened multiple times. I can remember the worst one. Uh, I was, I want to say I was in Opelousas. I was doing something. What was the story? Oh, so uh, Opelousas Police Department unit got stolen while they were doing um, a drug bust at this local motel. So somebody from the motel got in the unit and drove all the way to Port Arthur, Texas. So that was like the big story for the day. So they stole it from the Motel 6. So I was doing a live shot at Motel 6. And what people don't see when reporters are on on uh, live TV is our IFB. And our IFB is um, basically a little receiver in our ear so we can hear the producers talking to us and telling us when our cue is and everything like that. So... Being that, you know, corona with everything, um, now we have to do a whole new system with our IFB. So it's not the traditional system where, you know, the producer is in studio and we're just talking to them. So the new system that we have, you can hear the producer, the director, the two anchors, and whoever else is in the production booth all at one time while you're trying to talk and go live. So that's what was going on. So I was at the top of the five and the six, and they were trying to, the director was giving me my cue, but I could hear the anchors talking, and I could hear the producers. It was like five different people talking at one time, and then they, like, cue me to go live, and I had to rip it out of my ear so I could start talking, and then I still froze. So it was, like, the craziest thing ever. So I'm, like, looking down at my notes, and I'm just pausing for a long time, like, where is my script because the wrong script was open in my phone. It was just, it was a hot ass mess. I'm not going to lie to anybody. <laughs> that, that was, that was the worst thing all of So I'm yeah. standing there, you know, I can hear Marcel, you know, doing the intro, Jim and Marcel, our evening anchors. So Iman boys live at uh, Motel 6. Iman, what is going on? And I'm just like there. I'm looking at the camera. I look back down. I'm trying to remember. 
what I'm supposed to say because I didn't have like <laughs> verbatim script in my notes. I was just like, oh, uh, like a little note saying, oh, just talk about such and such. And it just it wasn't clicking. I was like, oh Jesus, oh God. It was it was a hot mess. And that was probably one of my early live shots. It was probably like my fifth or my sixth one going live. So I mean, even though I'm still new, nobody wants to fumble that bad on TV. It could have been worse. I promise you. It could have been a lot worse. But, um, yeah, that one was pretty bad. That one was on the top of the list. And then before that, the owner of the Motel 6 came out and was like, why are you guys on our property? This had nothing to do with us. It's like, but he stole it from here. That's why we're here. So it was public It was public property. It wasn't public property. It, it it was not private property, my bad. And we were allowed to be there. So he's just having this whole fuss, and then we had to call the news director, and they had to hash it out. There was just a lot of things going on before that, and then the IFB situation. So it was just, it was a hot mess. It was a hot-ass mess. And people still clowning for that. No one made any memes, thanks the Lord, but it was bad. <laughs> And yeah, thank thank God <laughs> nobody made any memes. But um, there's one thing we haven't mentioned yet um, that we didn't mean to leave out. But you also have your own business as well. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about your business and what exactly you guys do? Well, um, you guys meaning me, okay? Uh, yeah, but, just, just you. But- <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I have my production company. It's Evoy Productions, and uh, my that the business anniversary is actually coming up in like a couple of days because I started in July 2017, which is when I bought my first camera. So I just uh, on my own created that as like the birth of Evoy Productions. So basically, um, on the side, I do promotional work, whether it be for a local business or just um, an entrepreneur or anything of that sort. So I've gotten to work with uh, the school board, do some uh, promotional work for them at their sporting events or for different programs that they want to promote for their website or Facebook page. Also got to work with different uh, boutiques, businesses, and then photography as well. So it's videography and photography together. I haven't really done a whole lot since I've started working, but um, it's definitely something that I still enjoy to do on the side. It's kind of like my escape from news because especially now it can be really overwhelming with everything that's been going on. So that's kind of like my escape, you know, going out, taking pictures, doing video. But right now I'm actually helping uh, – Another friend of mine, he's also an entrepreneur, and he has his own production company. So I've been kind of tagging along with him for different shoots and stuff. So it's been nice to kind of just take the back seat and see how he runs his business. So that's been great. So I've been learning a lot from him as well. But uh, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm also working on another documentary as well. I can't give a whole lot on that, but that is also in the works. Staying busy for sure. That's what it sounds oh, like. Yeah. Cause you, oh yeah. You're ju- juggling a lot of a lot of different things. You know, some people might want to do just one of those, and you're doing two to three of them. So, um, I wanted to switch gears here with you for a second because you did mention, and it's hard not to talk about it because it's what's out there. You mentioned about COVID. So we've been talking about this a lot on the show, but what is some? What is like? I guess one of the biggest things that COVID has changed for you, like something that you like to do or something that you miss that you wish this was over with, so you could do it, you know, freely without having to worry about catching some virus. I mean, just like everybody else, just going out and enjoying, you know, being with your friends. I haven't really gone out with any of my friends in a long time. I think the last time we all got together was probably like my graduation party. So we haven't really been able to go out or do anything because one, we're all working now. And one of our friends, he's still in school. So we all been pretty busy, but the times that we wanted to hang out and plan to do something that all had to be put on hold because of COVID. So things that we would normally do, like go out 
bowling or go to, like, batting cages or just go to a movie and just, like, hang out at a restaurant. We can't do that. We can, but it's not safe, and I'd rather not risk it. And I feel like with me, the jobs that I have, I'm already putting myself at risk when I have to go out and cover different things. Like, lately I've been having to do a lot of protests and rallies throughout the community. So in large groups like that, I try and stay home when I can. And another thing about that, speaking of staying home, uh, we're actually all working from home for the station. So the only people who are allowed in the station right now are our technical directors and the people in production. Everybody else is home. Producers are home, reporters, everybody is working remotely. And we've been doing that since March 16th. So that was the day before my birthday. They kicked us out uh, the night before. So they just sent out this mass email like, hey, you know, the numbers are getting really high. We're taking precautions. Uh, they put all our names in the email. Each reporter was assigned to a specific unit. They're like, pack all your stuff. You're going home until further notice. So it's been like that for the past few months. So just been working from home. We'll have like our Zoom meetings in the morning, and then we'll go out, do our story, send the stuff, edit our stuff at home, and then send it back to the station. So it's been, at at first, it was kind of like going through some growing pains because you're trying to do a whole show that's basically 90% remote. So nobody is there in the studio. So the only people that were there are the directors. Everybody else is at home. So that was kind of crazy. But I think now we've kind of gotten accustomed to it. Still don't have, like, any guidance on when we're going back because the cases in Louisiana, it's like a roller coaster. Like, some days it'll go down, some days it'll just spike to astronomical levels, and especially today. And, you know, I hate to say it, but with the 4th of July just passing, we might see even more spikes in cases. So it's really uncertain right now when we'll even go back to quote-unquote normal. It's really hard to tell. And with me, with my experience, I was only in the station physically for like two months, yeah, probably two months. I started in January, and we got kicked out uh, mid-March, so like a month, like two months and some change that I was there physically, and the rest have been working from home. So that's been an adjustment in itself. So COVID has definitely changed a lot of things that were, I guess, normal before in my life. I mean, again, that's something that we learned something here with, um, you know, because when you think about reporting, you're saying, well, how can you do that from home? But you're making a way to do it because this the, the Rona has changed everything. I mean, how you go to places, how you have to tactfully, you know, be careful where you go to, make sure you're wearing a mask. Please wear your mask. People who are listening, wear your mask, please. Wear, put on a mask. Um, yeah, that is, that's interesting. Either you got something else for your mind. Talked about this enough. Uh, we haven't talked about this yet. But um, I'm just putting it out there. You're quite the athlete, Iman. Um, you know, I'd like oh, to Lord. think I'm pretty good at basketball. Oh, um, God. My you know, our brother, our brother has seen this wonderful <laughs> jump shot of mine. But to be honest with you, I would probably say you're probably the best shooter in the family when it comes to, to basketball. So well, tell us a little bit about – the athletic side of Iman, and not just basketball. I mean, you you played you played football with the boys growing up. You played softball. Just tell us a little bit about yeah the sports side. Oh gosh, I mean, I feel like that goes back almost to infancy. Basically, you know, uh, I want to say I probably picked up a basketball like five five six years old, and just kind of just started developing from there. And you and I, we would always go to basketball camp every summer. We'd always play pickup games throughout the summer. Uh, I played AAU, got to travel and play uh, in different cities around Louisiana. So that was always fun. And I think just basketball has always been a part of my life. Uh, It still brings me great joy to do it and play. And it's just another way for me to connect with people through uh, sportsmanship, and then just kind of keeping myself active because news is crazy. The the hours that I work are 
kind of like unpredictable sometimes. So basketball is like another outlet for me to go out and just have fun and just relax. And it's still very much a relaxing element for me. Um, even though I'm working full time and everything, I, that's something I enjoy to do. And that's something that I would do with my friends as well. Uh, whenever we would get out of, out of class, like for the day, we would always go, we, we'd be in a group message. Hey, you going to the rec center? We going, we going to bourgeois, we going to shoot. And this was like a habitual thing. Every Friday we would be in the gym from like noon to probably the time that they closed because we just love to play and just having that, that energy and just enjoying each other's company and just, you know, having, you know, enjoy a little trash talk, you know, everybody does it. But, uh, and I I mean, (laughs) go ahead. I was going to say, I was about to say something about trash talk, but I'm gonna let you finish. (laughs) Well, I mean, you, you know, you know, it it can get intense because I'm pretty competitive when it comes to the game and I'm still like that sometimes to some degree. So, uh, yeah, it's still it's still very much like an escape for me. So basketball has always been a part of my life, and it's something I still enjoy to this day. All right. Yeah, I was going to say about the – go ahead, bro. Go ahead. No, you got it. You got it. Uh, okay, I was just going to say, um, yeah, speak, speaking of the, the trash talk, it would be so funny, you know, we were bringing on – you know, to play pickup five on five, and she would be literally the only girl out there. So, of course, you yep. know, like, I'm not going to let my little sister play with nobody else. She's going to play with me. And, you know, Iman would, you know, come past half court and shoot a three in a dude's face, and everybody there would just be like, oh, my God, you let a girl shoot on you. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah. And you could see yeah. Iman would just feed into it and get hyped up and would talk shit to the guy. (laughs) Like, this has happened on several occasions. Like, you know, guys already freaking out because there's a girl just shooting the lights out of the gym, and now they're talking smack to their own teammate about it, man. It's just – it was always a a fun time when we did stuff like that. It was definitely entertainment for sure because they're probably – when I go in, they just see, like, this little – Short little cute girl, you know, with big curls and everything. Oh, you know, she's harmless. She's not gonna do anything. You know, as soon as the ball goes into the uh the court, it's on, it's over. Like a whole another person just comes out and they're like, What what is going on? What, who is this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that was always fun to see people's facial expressions change dramatically whenever I when I first get on the court and then by the time we get off. So that was always fun. That never gets old. I can tell by the inflection in your voice that it never gets old. (laughs) So we're talking to the competitive, not shy, but talented Iman Boyd. She is the, she's a reporter (laughs) for KTC, the ABC affiliate in Lafayette, Louisiana. And it's funny we brought up sports because I wanted to bring you into an argument that our brother and I have had. And in case somebody hasn't caught up on this, we're related. We're all siblings. So we got a whole bunch of nepotism yep. going on here, but that's okay. But um, I yep. wanted to talk to you about something that uh, Easy and I have been debating for probably since this whole coronavirus hit, which is how in the world is this return to sports going to gonna happen? I mean, we could focus in on the NBA because, we can talk about the NBA uh, since, you know, they the ones seem like they had the best plan and you're a basketball player. So how do you feel like mm-hmm. this is going to work? Because I'm not optimistic. Easy is optimistic. I think the whole thing is going to fail miserably, but I would love to know how you feel about it. <laughs> uh, to sit here and say that I'm not concerned that cases will spike within the NBA, I'd be lying. But I do like that they are trying to take precautionary measures, not have an audience, a live audience there kind of just broadcasting it for other people to see. But, you know, at the end of the day, basketball is still a contact sport, even though it's not like football. You still are in close vicinity of somebody. So it's risky either way you look at it. But I don't know. I just feel like it's also what's tied into that, trying to hurry up and get them back on the court, is because they've lost so much time. Because whenever all this shut down, they were supposed to be like, about to start the playoffs, you know? So it's it's crazy to see um, 
how all that's going to work. I'm actually kind of anxious to see, but I'm also worried about spiking in cases because some have already uh, tested positive here and there. So that's definitely a concern. And that game quality is going to be bowling shoe ugly. I mean, Shaba ranks ugly when it first starts <laughs> off. It's going to be, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, somebody, so I, keep telling, I saw a tweet today, like on Twitter, I, I want to say either Bleacher Report put it out or Complex, one of them. And they had like a picture of all the different courts for the uh, the NBA to come back in Orlando. And they're so close together, and they look so small. They look like they're in a um, – like a hotel ballroom or something. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out. They'll probably have to play on a much smaller scale, not just audience-wise, but um, in the context of the the court itself. So which – I was going to say, so which sport – so we mentioned the NBA. So which one do you feel like – okay, so let's just say that – this comes to a point where it doesn't work. Which one of the major sports do you feel like would probably bow out first? Because my thought process was that I felt like it would be baseball to just say, forget it, we're not doing it, because they're actually traveling. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I would think baseball too, because they have to travel a lot more, even though they're more spread out. Um, and they already have cases too um, right now. So, I would think they would probably bow out for first. They would be the first ones to bow out. But I'm sure Ezra disagrees with that. No, I actually think uh, it's baseball. Um, because to your point, they're not in a bubble. They're letting these people still operate out of their – 30 cities across the country. And I think that's just a recipe for disaster when it comes to travel. Um, you know, they're letting these people, these athletes go home every night. I I just think like somebody's going to slip up there. I like the point I was trying to make to 16 was that I like the NBA's idea because to get in the bubble, you have to test negative. So if you test positive, you're not getting in the bubble. You know, and yes, basketball is a big contact sport and everything like that. But if everybody, if you have 300 people in this bubble and all of them don't have coronavirus and you have tested that, you know, that significantly brings the risk down of somebody getting it. And I think the thing that the NBA has done, because they have a really good commissioner, by the way, he's great. Um, You know, if somebody does test positive, they have procedures in place to quarantine that person and all this other stuff. So I think basketball has the best chance to succeed, um, but I'm not ruling out any craziness might happen there either. This is going to be interesting the way that this plays out, just to see what the end result is. Because if they see it all the way through, it's going to be a modern miracle. And if it fails, I'll be the first one to say, well, I told you so. I told you it wasn't going to work. The Rona is out there, man, and it's just not going away. <laughs> yeah, Lord, that's Lord, the crazy part of Yeah, that it's just still out there, and it tried to get sweep, swept under the rug, and it's just it's just not going anywhere. So well, I got one one last one here, and then we have a little game that we like to play here on the aftermath here. Um, so the last thing is is that, you know, I mentioned about what you do. Easy mentioned about, you know, your other business ventures. Can you please let the listeners of this podcast know when they can expect to see you on TV, also where they can find you and follow you online? Just please let the folks know how they can t- contact you, you know. Not too much contact now. This is my little sister, so, yeah, you know, yeah, professional you know, some, contact. Some people crazy. That's, reporting is a whole nother, uh conversation, so. <laughs> Because yes. some people yes. are crazy, and some people have also shot their shot that probably shouldn't have. They should have stayed where they oh were. My but that's God. again, that's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation. But anyway, <laughs> like you mentioned before, uh, my website is www.imanboy.com. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is Iman Boy TV. And yeah, I mean, you can catch me pretty much every Tuesday through. Saturday on KTC 5, 6, and 10.
KTC, the ABC affiliate in Lafayette, well, servicing all of Acadiana. The listeners in Louisiana know what Acadia, y- y'all know what it is, but to the people right, outside right. of Louisiana, uh, it's, it's Lafayette area and the surrounding areas, like uh, you guys' hometown of Opelousas, which I believe I would say that Opelousas has probably been mentioned more times in this interview than it has been. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Several. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Hey, shout out to OP. Shout out to OP. And I mean, and also, I mean, look, and also, Katie was I mean, not affected by Katrina. For those too, of y'all so. wondering, right. I did. I, can't, I feel I can't, like St. Landry has always front. been on the other side of disasters. Yeah, and I, I can't front. I mean, I, I can't sit here and talk like Baton Rouge is this big metropolitan. You know, it, you know, Louisiana is Louisiana. You know, so I mean, it's home. And it'll always be home, so you know I'm just messing around. You know me, I'm just messing around. But we do have a little game that we'd like to play here on the aftermath called "Don't At Me." I got a few rapid fire questions for you. Um, you know, you make your your choice on what you feel like the answer is, and then you basically put your stamp on it by saying "Don't At Me" afterwards. It's just that simple. But the questions won't be simple. So if you're of down, we can make it happen. <laughs> All right, All right so let's, let's, let's do, do it. it. You know what, Easy? I got a couple of these I want you to jump in on too, so we'll just we'll do it that way. All right, the first one here. All right, Iman, jambalaya or gumbo? <laughs> Man, gumbo! Don't at me. That is the correct answer, Easy. What about you, man? Yes. That I mean, is the on, correct no answer. Brain. In the hierarchy yeah. of Cajun and Creole food, jambalaya is yeah. at the bottom. Yeah, jambalaya yeah, is at the bottom. That's, you have jambalaya when you don't have gumbo. It's it's lower tier, but don't front. Now, jambalaya has been there for you before with just some bread. So let's not let's not front too hard on jambalaya. It's been there for you. But I mean, but gumbo, gumbo I mean, it's also good. there with you with bread, too. So. Right. That's all, true. All Cajun <laughs> Creole food is good. It just happens to be on the bottom tier. Like, I'm not going to get as yeah. excited yeah. about jambalaya as I will gumbo. Right. No, I mean, you eat it, but it's like, no, nah, it ain't like gumbo hitting you. All right. Exactly. All right, Ma, here's the next one. Which sport will miss having fans more, football, baseball, or basketball? Basketball, don't ask. It's the right answer. What about you, Easy? <laughs> um... Yeah, I'd probably go with basketball, too. It's probably the more intimate sport of the three. Um, yeah. And, I mean, you get to sit so close to the action. Yeah, I, I think that's More people so are famous. watching basketball on Christmas and Thanksgiving, so let's be real. Yes, it's true because, I mean, basketball is like you have a true home court advantage because you got, like, people, like, basically on top of you if you're the road team and you got to hear all that stuff. So, yeah, that's the right answer. All right, here's the next one. What's the better drive through fish sandwich? The Wendy's cod that they serve during Lent or the filet of fish? Can I please the kid and say neither? <laughs> She's breaking the rules. Come on. You got hey, if anything, you're going to Mama's. Okay, can Mama's be an option? <laughs> Yeah, we're not talking about you got a brother's r- restaurant. We're talking about Mama's Fried Chicken in Appaloosa. Shout out to Mama. The legendary Mama's Fried Chicken. So we go, We went completely off the board on that one. But if you had to pick one of those, <laughs> you're still picking Mama's. That's what she said. She's like, if yeah. I had to pick either one of those, I'm still picking Mama. All right. I've never there eaten go. there before, so I, I guess I got to put that on my list then. All right. Here's another interesting one. When you're writing down a date, like when you're writing down the date on like a sheet of paper, do you go slashes or dashes? Slashes. Don't ask me. This is correct. Easy. Don't you dare say dashes. Don't you do it. I Who feel writes like you do dashes? dashes? That's my question. Cool. Some That's people do. Who it is, I find dashes? it to be very... So it's slashes. When you're writing a date, you got to go slashes. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out who's that weird person out there that, that out there that does dashes. They're out there. They're out there. The same person who, you know, 
like you know, saying they do slashes or dashes. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. It's some other weird stuff they do. Like some people who you know, they put the toilet paper going down instead of upward. Things like that. Small little quirks. All right. Here's the next one. Grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Oh, grape jelly. Don't at me. She got her first one wrong. What about you, Easy? You crazy, man. That, that was the correct care. answer. It's great. It was not. Okay, see, grape jelly. See, both of y'all use dashes. I mean, both of y'all use dashes when you write the date if you like grape jelly. It's strawberry. Come on. It's strawberry. You're tripping on that one, So bro. you mean to tell me you sitting down to a PB and j with grape jelly? This is just blasphemy. That's, so, that's yeah, where it gets its name from. Hello. When you think of PB and I mean, j you automatically I mean, if we... If we're getting real technical, like, strawberry jelly's good, but, like, sometimes if you're having those little parts of the strawberry still in it, I ain't trying to deal with all that. That's how you know it's fresh. What's wrong with y'all? What are, what are we doing here? Oh, you, you can't infest your PB&J with grape? Oh, man. We got to talk about this after. All right. Okay. Last one. Last one. Which movie franchise will end first? The Mission Impossible series or the Fast and the Furious series? Oh, man. Um, I'll say Mission Impossible. Don't add me. Because I feel like they're still trying to keep Paul Walker alive. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, man. But they dragging this out to probably 10 or 11. Easy. You got a word in on that? Mmm. You could go either way. I think Mission Impossible does a good job of spacing it out to where you don't get tired of it. And Fast and the Furious, people like me just keep going and watch it. So, you know, I'm going to take Iman's answer here. I'm, I'm pleading the fifth. Because I'm going to still go back to both of them. Get out of here. Get out of here with your grape jelly. this game. Yes, get out of here with your grape jelly and all that other stuff. But that is... Iman Boy playing Don't At Me. It's a segment exclusive for wait, the Aftermath. Wait, hold on, 16. 16, we got one more. Oh. You got one more? We got okay. one more. All right, Iman. Okay. Oh, Lord. Uh, Chicken Shack or Mama's? Why would you do this? That's, That's the real question here. Man. We gotta get I some context like to this in a second. I have such fond memories. Like every time I think about VR, I think about Chicken Shack, you know. And when I think about home, I think Mama's. I just feel like I have to be in the mood for either or, depending on the day. But man, this is tough. Okay, gotta go with the hometown favorite, Mama's. Don't at me. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I never had Mama's before. Listen, listen but it must strawberry be strawberry jelly. Nah. Okay. okay. If you, if, you know, you've already messed up because you lived in Opelousas and you didn't have mamas. It was literally right down the street. That's that's. I did. I've I've not. I have I have never, I've never had it. And it's like it must be serious because you. This is two different items that we talked about with food that you chose. Absolutely. Mamas, uh, it's over the legendary chicken shack. And listen, for people outside of. That are, that are going to download this podcast that are outside of Louisiana that don't know what the Chicken Shack is. Google it. Just take a look at the pictures. It lets you know everything you need to know about this. Yes, it's greasy. It's probably not good for you. It's probably going to kill you, but, man, what a way to go. It is fantastic. Let me just Wow, that. that's a so. great way to promote Chicken Shack. You might die, but it's good. It's worth it. It's so good. It's so, it's so good. good. Well, you you know we don't do portion control very well in Louisiana, and we will deep fry anything. So, you know, just oh, keeping it oh. real. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this this conversation, which I hope is the first of many other times that we can have you on the show again, was a long time coming. So glad we were able to get such a, you know, a big star like yourself to come on our little show like this. But, you know, since, you know, we definitely appreciate you. We're proud of you. And, Glad you can make the time to come hang out with us for a little while. You know, I wouldn't miss out hanging out with my two big forehead brothers. Oh, I grew into mine. Uh, I don't know about he has to throw that I don't know about Ezra. Listen, we were not going to get through a whole hour-long conversation without me saying something. 
Y'all knew this is true. I was surprised that it took that long, seriously, because nobody well, knows your trash I was trying to be professional, you know, let the people know who I am and everything, and then bash y'all. You know, y'all probably have the oh. same hairlines now. Um, absolutely okay, not. Absolutely not. You <laughs> might want to talk to your younger big brother about that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. I really thought we were in the clear. I really thought we were in the clear. Oh, no. Oh, no. Again, y'all knew what y'all signed up for when you asked your little sister to get on your show. Yes, we we did. Okay, we I'm got done, every. I'm y'all, but I will say I'm proud of you guys too. You know, y'all been having y'all radio show for what going on five years now. Y'all found a platform yep. where y'all can connect with people and get different guests on and put people on the new music. So I'm proud of you guys for creating your own opportunities. You should add in the uh, the high budget clap on that one. Yes, we should. Look at her. She's coming in and she already knows the high budget. Applause. There you go. Yes, this was- and then this, this is my last one. You know, I have the face for TV. Y'all have the face for radio. So it all works out. Boom. All right. I'm finished now. <laughs> <laughs> she did that. And then she just does the mic drop. But again, sis, we appreciate it. Imamboy.com. Please check her out and also, take a look at her if you're in the area, KATC, the ABC affiliate in Acadiana. A-A-C-C-B-3. She is there gracing. Acadiana's yes. news channel. Boom. She's gracing your television with all those wonderful curls all over the place. Gracing yeah, I'm there. really shocked that did not come up in the conversation. That's a whole nother conversation, having curly hair on oh. television. Whew. Well, that's why we you got to come back so we can do a part two. So we could, you know, oh, talk yeah, about some other things definitely. as well. So we oh, got to yeah. do that, you know, you know. Yes. So, Easy, do you got anything else to say to Yvonne? Well, she goes out the door before she says something else. No, that's it, man. Just, just, just get her out of here. Jesus Christ. She's like, man, just hang up before she bashes again. <laughs> All right, she gets, the again, the high-budget applause on the way out of here. Yvonne, thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem. No problem. Man, that was too much fun, you know, talking to our little sis doing big things on the air as a TV personality. So, bro, another aftermath in the books, another dope interview. How you feeling? You're not a little, you're not a little, your feelings ain't hurt over there about the hairline thing. She was just playing, except she wasn't playing. Hey, for the record, you know, my hairline is still very well intact. Shout out to my barber. Thank you. I mean, I, okay, you know, I'm just, just saying. That's all, you know. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, no, it, it wouldn't be a conversation with Iman without her throwing a jab. I mean, she's good at, you know, shooting three-pointers, but she's also good at uh, throwing jabs and roasting. So it wouldn't be nothing without this Iman is, to throw one on the way out. Quite, this is quite clear. So before we wrap things up here, I just want to let the people know that uh, download this podcast that, um, we're available uh, to download on all streaming platforms. So we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, uh, Pandora. Any day now, we're going to be on iHeartRadio. You can catch us live every Tuesday, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, blogtalkradio.com slash it's the radio show. So it depends on when you download this, but um, we got a live show coming up on well, we'll be tomorrow if you're listening to this today, but whenever you listen to it, check us out Tuesday. Easy, you got any parting shots before we get up out of here? Man, Keisha Bottom's got the Rona, man. I know, man. I know, out here serving the people and then caught on with the Rona. Oh, wait, before we get up out of here, I do have, I, I do have one thing that I, I want to mention. I know we don't do random on, on this show, but I did have something kind of, random that I wanted to say to people about social media real quick. And that's where for people who are like these Facebook news reporters where they're reposting every goddamn thing, uh, you know, can you please start sharing the post from where you got it instead of just posting the link? I mean, I'm messy, man. I want to read the comments of the people saying, not just from your friends, 
you know, I want to read the comments from like where the article originated from. So I'm going to need y'all to tighten that up and start sharing more and stop copying and pasting links on Facebook and all the other places. Please share and not post just randomly saying that out there, but whatever y'all know what y'all doing. Easy. I can feel you looking at me like through, I can, I can feel you look like what, what man, what I do. You, you know me so well. Um, did you really just ask the American public to help you with your pettiness? Yes, that's exactly that is exactly what I just did. That's exactly what I did. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I have I have no words. You can I have no words. You can hear me rant about several other random things every Tuesday live at blogtalkradio.com slash it's the radio show. Or right here on our spinoff, the radio show, The Aftermath, where we have long-form interviews like we just did with this wonderfully talented, extremely beautiful, because she took after her biggest brother, Iman Boyd. Jesus Christ. You know what? We're just going to say goodbye, America. Lady, y'all. Yes, please. Catch us soon. Somewhere. Where the podcasts are live. All right? Oh, hey, y'all better watch out for sneaking in her DMs, by the way. We're going to scrap. Yeah, I mean, business only, you know. Business only, all right? We'll know where you are. But now, bro, appreciate you. Appreciate your mom for coming through. This was a good one, man. Let's do it again tomorrow. 8 o'clock, sharp. Yeah, 7 Central for those listening in Louisiana. Got to shout out the home. And how in the world could somebody pick... Another place over the chicken shack. What are we doing here? But that's a story for another day. We out, y'all.